Rochester Today with Andy Brownell and Tom Ostrom on News Talk 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Good morning. Welcome to Rochester Today. Tom Ostrom's here. I'm Andy Brownell. It's Tuesday. Tom, good morning. Good morning, Andrew. Glad to chat with you again after the weekend. Yeah, you're looking good and peppy and smart and frisky. That means trouble Uh-oh. for Uncle Tom. It also means you must need new glasses. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what, what's in the mailbag? Okay, uh, the Babylon Bee. <laughs> Biden races to sniff one last girl's hair before losing sense of smell from COVID. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> And then Branco shows his biases. He's got a cartoon. It shows uh, uh, Republican gubernatorial candidate Jensen and people all around him saying, yay, 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 vote, vote, vote for Jensen, vote for Jensen. And then right next to it, he's got a picture of Waltz uh, walking with earphones on, whistling and not hearing around him, help, I've been shot. Oh, there's a crash. I lost my business. Help, I'm being robbed. My car was just hijacked. <laughs> so, and he, he's walking obliviously to the sounds around him. And then Cato, who knows some history. Too bad about our president's attack by the virus. Tom is an American historian. Doesn't, seem, doesn't this seem rather like uh, President Woodrow Wilson and his illness during his later years? I wonder if this is all being handled uh, by Biden's staff to avoid uh, uh, Vice President uh, from taking the reins. But he's reminded of President Wilson. And I will add that uh, Cato is correct. Uh, President Wilson had a stroke in the last months of his uh, uh, administration. And his wife, Edith, uh, not fully understood by people then or even Congress, ran things at the White House. She determined who saw him. She determined what documents would be signed. And she handled things uh, uh, through his stroke recovery. And then he died uh, not long after that. But uh, Cato, anyway, uh, reminded of some history. It might have been Wilson, but I'm not sure. There was a president that was taken into a boat on the Potomac uh, that was equipped with an operating room and underwent a procedure a surgical procedure on this boat because the administration wanted to keep this president's health problems secret for the same reasons Mm. i wish i could remember if it was wilson or not Uh, i hadn't heard that one uh good but was it someone with a heart issue or what i'm not my memory is um it's failing me today tom despite looking peppy it's failing me uh A reporter who used to work for NPR locally uh, wrote a book, and that was part of his book. That's why it mm. sticks in my craw. Okay. We'll have to pursue yeah, that. Yeah, I'll have to try to research some more on that. This is from Wayne. A huge factor in ending inflation 40 years ago, we increased Alaska oil production by 2.1 million barrels a day, and that solved it. Today, the Trans-Alaska oil pipeline is at only 25% capacity. What a waste. 
1923, Wayne tells us, uh, President Warren G. Harding established the Naval Petroleum Reserve Number 4 in Alaska. Today it's called the National Petroleum Reserve Alaska. The reserve is 36,000 square miles, about the size of the state of Indiana. Why doesn't Biden open up the entire reserve to oil and gas drilling? I don't have an answer. <laughs> uh, well, you posed that it, as a question. I have no clue. Yeah, he, he he just wants to go and borrow oil or buy oil from our from our potential enemies. Uh, I think but, they want to really uh, run the fossil fuel business uh, out. Well, I did read an article um, recently on this very topic and it and it was it was an editorial piece it was an opinion piece and it theorized that the reason that biden is turning to venezuela saudi arabia and others to try to pressure them to increase their oil production rather than increase domestic oil production is that the um i know they call it the progressive wing of the party whatever the most left-wing part of his party, activist wing of his party, um, is kind of looking the other way and saying temporarily it's okay, we burn more fossil fuels uh, because, you know, for political reasons, that they don't want gasoline prices sky high as they head into the midterms. But if you allow it to be domestic oil production, that will have the impression of more permanence and they're not willing to go along with that. But you could temporarily buy it from the Venezuelans or the Saudis or others, and that and that would be okay. That was that was the gist of the editorial, and it rings true. I mean, it does. It rings. It does. It does. But it's a national security issue too, and he's taking uh, federal oil reserves and uh, and uh, you know, I mean, canceling that and uh, or or you know, he's taking oil reserves out. And what's he doing with it? I can't remember now. Well, he is accused of selling it to a company that has connections to the um, the Communist Party, the Chinese Communist Party. Well, is that ever a national security issue? Oh, and then I read the farmland that China has bought uh, close to the uh, air base uh, in the Dakotas. Uh, the FBI says... China has bought other lands too in the United States and they build huge towers and they have electronic devices on top of the towers and it is suspected they can eavesdrop on military communications that way. I had not read that. I mean, I've obviously read the articles about the concerns over the North Dakota deal, but I had not read that one. Yeah. So uh, China pushing, pushing, pushing. One more mailbag from Rose. Okay. Just read a bunch of responses to an article on POTUS having COVID, just like they wrote. I don't really believe Biden has COVID. It may be to get our minds off his uh, Arabian fist bump or keep him from some other foreign visits uh, he was about to make. It's also an easy way to explain his cognitive issues uh, as long haul COVID. wonder what pills he's taking or what Dr. Jill is giving him. That's the mailbag. Oh, goodness. I, I think the news over the weekend was he was given, oh, I cannot pronounce it. It's the pill, the antiviral that was developed by, um, see, I'm having trouble today, Tom. The, 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 the first of the drug makers who came to the forefront with their um, 
vaccine. In Vectrum? Pfizer. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. Goodness gracious. Get up to speed, Brownell. Uh, yeah, it's it's a widely prescribed antiviral for people who have health risks or over the age of 50 if they develop the COVID infection. And it's a routine prescription and it has proved relatively effective. Mm. I think I think I read that 30% of people respond if they get it within five days of contracting COVID, that it will significantly lessen their symptoms. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, people are making jo- jokes about Joe and COVID, but uh, yeah. we, all, of course, <laughs> wish him well. We don't want anyone to be ill and have repercussions, but uh, it is interesting. And now they're checking the people around him to see if they have it. Well, wouldn't there be a great deal of speculation that he got it on that trip to Saudi Arabia? Mm. I mean, and this is all conjecture on my part, because it seems to me that the people I know close to me who have been contracting the virus, it's most often happening when they travel. When they come back home from someplace, two days later, they have it. Mm-hmm. Or they're with a large group in some activity sure. or ceremony. Yeah. Sure. All right. Is that it for the mailbag? Yep. Okay. We'll take our break and return in just a moment with more of Rochester Today with Tom Ostrom. I'm Andy Brownell on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Being seriously injured in a car accident can be a life change. Andy Brownell and Tom Ostrom on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Welcome back to Rochester Today. You're on Rochester's News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Tom, I'm going to let you start it out. What What is the first topic of the day? From Minnesota Alpha News, uh, nearly half of small business owners are not willing to hire because of labor costs and skyrocketing inflation. A, new, a newly released small business report shows uh, the, the uh, network uh, Alignable released its July hiring. 45% of small businesses are halting their hiring. They can't afford to add staff. This is a hiring shift. The fears of recession and of uh, rising interest rates. Uh, by the way, the Biden administration economic advisors are trying to change the definition of the recession because they what? feel they fear bad news coming up. So they uh, <laughs> they want to change the definition and say, well, there's too many variables. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't even believe this. Yeah, that's. Uh, I, I wasn't going to cover that today. I was going to cover that Thursday, but it popped into my mind. But the four percent of small businesses are planning to lay off, planning to lay off workers, and uh, they'll they'll have to live without extra staff. So there's a significant worries about about that. And, yeah, there uh, should be reducing staff in real estate, automotives, uh, retail, uh, uh, transportation, uh, hiring slowdowns. Uh, occurring uh, and uh, this high inflation rate is the highest in 40 years and the consumer producer price index has risen uh, uh, too so uh, bad economic times ahead evidently there's certainly a lot of concern um, and a lot of conflicting opinions about what is in store for the next year to year and a half Um, some People are saying it may be a double dip recession. Some are saying 
It could be a rather severe recession. Some are saying it could be a soft landing. Um, I I don't know what to make of it. Uh, either way, there will be some sort of slowdown, whether it actually amounts to the normal definition of a recession. If you look at that, it's poten- potentially we could be in a recession already. Yeah, which which traditionally has been defined as two consecutive quarters of economic uh, failure or right a retraction, right? Yeah, uh, lack of growth in the GDP, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a potential that we in fact could have a negative GDP for the current um, quarter. And if that is the case, technically we would be in a recession. Albeit a mild recession at that point. What happens down the road? But I can understand these businesses. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you plan, you hire somebody. It's not uh, just the labor or the wages you're paying for. It's the right. training you're paying for, the health insurance you're paying for, the workers' comp you're paying for, the unemployment insurance you're paying for. Sure. Uh, you name it. It's an expensive but, proposition. I I said two. I hope I said two consecutive quarters, not yes. two consecutive months. I think you said quarters. Okay. Uh, This, uh, uh, too, uh, uh, flashback, uh, Governor Waltz was a congressman years and years ago. And back in January 2018, Waltz was a congressman, and he apologized on the floor of the Congress for accidentally voting in favor of a bill protecting infants who survived an abortion. The Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act passed the House. It would require healthcare workers to treat infants born alive after an abortion, uh, just like any other infant. Only six Democrats voted in favor of the bill, most of them against it. But Walt said he voted for it uh, out of a mistake and he asked then Speaker Ryan, a Republican, to change his vote. So. My God, to me, that is really ex- uh, extremism. If a baby's born during the abortion and, and, and somebody doesn't want to prolong its life, uh, that's that's astounding to me. It is to me as well, Tom. I, and I, to me, I, I don't really care where you stand on the issue of uh, abortion, the idea that the baby at that point is born. It is outside of the mother's womb at that point. The whole pro-choice argument flies out the window at that point. You have a human being and that you don't do something to protect that life. And there were the Minnesota Department of Health stats on abortion that were published a few weeks back. There were five, what I think the term they use is live birth abortions where the baby survived the procedure and, and, in two of those cases, if my memory serves me correct, they were viable infants. In fact, that they likely would have survived if somebody had given them care. And this, whoever wrote this piece using these actual report um, facts, I guess, uh, was lamenting that, that um, some of the babies had such severe um, abnormalities they likely wouldn't have survived. And perhaps others were severely injured during the process. But two of those babies um, were described as viable. I don't get it. Mm. I would have thought that that would just be against the law no matter what, but apparently not. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
This from our uh, KOC uh, news anchor, uh, T.J. Labyrinth, uh, was, it was published uh, July 21 on the KOC news website. Uh, we had talked about uh, ambulance uh, paramedics being in danger often in their job. And this happened uh, in Rochester then, according to this interesting article. Uh, last week, the fire department and Mayo Ambulance responded to a compound leg fracture at an apartment complex. First responders requested the assistance of Rochester police because a dozen people were out. They were evidently intoxicated and engaged in a fight. And then the officers broke, uh, officers arrived and they were attacked and uh, and beaten. One female officer was, was hit in the head uh, rather seriously. And of course, the pictures of the uh, perpetrators are, are there and their vicious, violent tapped, uh, pasts are, are, are listed. Uh, but, but again, attacking officers and uh, fourth degree assault on a police officer, obstructing the legal process, resisting arrest, third degree rioting, uh, an officer, again, a female hit in the face, another one cut on the hand. Uh, and this is happening in Rochester against our police force. But the uh, ambulance personnel had to back off until things were stabilized. Yeah. And I don't know if you mentioned it when you were describing it. As they were making the arrests of these three individuals accused of assaulting the officers, the crowd was trying to physically prevent them from making the arrest. Sure. And, and one or two of the perps had felony records and they're out and around and not learning anything oh, yeah. from him. Wow. Yeah, like, yeah. Scary and chaotic night for all the first responders who were called to that thing. And uh, there was, I remember right, it was initially to break up a fight. The fight was largely broken up by the time they got there, but the crowd was still there. And yeah. the officers heard... Uh, a woman more or less screaming for help, it seemed as if, and saw her engaged with a fight with another person in an apartment. Another person tried to prevent the police from going into that apartment to break up what was happening. And then the woman who was involved in that fight came out and assaulted the female officer. And then the two others, yeah. allegedly, yeah. I add the word allegedly to all this. Yeah, crazy, crazy. You wonder if a team of social workers, how they would have coped with that. <laughs> okay, well, we'll take your little sarcastic note there and take our break for news. How's that, Tom? <laughs> okay. All right, it is time to take a break for news. So we will do that right now and return with more of Tom Ostrom on Rochester Today at Rochester's News Talk, 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Join Holiday's Sip and Save program. And back to Rochester Today with Tom Holstrom. I'm Andy Brownell. Tom, what do you have next? Nancy Pelosi. Uh, she often has been accused of her husband, uh, allegedly, of insider trading, where uh, congressional hearings will take place about a business or a product or subsidies uh, and then uh, the, the, the Pelosi's invest uh, in things and uh, people question that. And uh, so now uh, her husband made a stock purchase on on, uh, uh, on some technical uh, uh, things, recent uh, shares in a semiconductor company. And their hearings were scheduled 
uh, for such things and subsidizing it. Well, a reporter had the audacity to ask her if, uh, if she knew of her husband's trade and uh, uh, what, what about the uh, 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 professionalism of that. And she said, thank you and walked away from the podium. But the Democrats don't get caught on anything as Republicans fall and get arrested and subpoenaed and jailed. Uh, it just goes on and on. But she walked away from the podium. Nothing to see here. Tom, I've read that there is a insider trading reform bill before Congress that would make it unlawful for what she and her husband have allegedly done as far as... Um, taking information she has obtained as the House Speaker and used it for profit in his trading. And I point out it's an accusation, but it would uh, clearly end that kind of activity, mm-hmm. which I, I suspect is pretty widespread, not just Pelosi, but others. Yeah. Uh, and But this article, and it wasn't an opinion piece, uh, basically said that she has refused to even give that bill a hearing. But she has single-handedly blocked it from uh, advancing in the House. Well, two systems of uh, justice and professionalism, I guess. And then Lisa Murkowski is an Alaska rhino, as her critics say, a Republican in name only. Uh, She always was anti-Trump, and she often votes uh, uh, against uh, conservative Republicans. And and, uh, so she's up for an election, and she's behind in the polls. And uh, Mitch McConnell, the former speaker, now the minority leader in the Senate, he's announced his support for Murkowski and pledged uh, $7 million to her campaign. So uh, uh, her, her opponent is Kelly Chewbacca. And, uh, and so she's in trouble. So Murkowski is asking Democrats to please uh, send her campaign money and please cross lines in the voting and vote for her to keep her in office. So she seems to be in the same trouble uh, Lisa uh, or, uh, 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 Cheney is, or not Lisa Cheney, but Lynn Cheney. Lynn Cheney, uh, yes. Rhino who was uh, bucking the Republicans and, and, and always bucked Trump. But uh, so in, interesting elections coming up. And it's funny too, because Cheney, is rumored to be thinking of, it's, it's unlikely she'll be reelected in Wyoming, but she was asked, are you thinking of running for president? And she said, I'll make that decision down the road. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, two points in Alaska, Sarah Palin is kind of running into uh, yeah. trouble in her campaign. Uh, that's a Senate campaign, if I remember right. Yeah, or maybe it's Congress. I, don't, I, I don't apologize, know. but I, I did not realize that Alaska had gone to the ranked choice voting system. I don't know if that applies at the primary level, but in the general election, it does. I was not aware of that. And um, there was another piece I had read, and it was describing it wasn't. It was a Michigan race, if I remember correctly, but the Democrats in Michigan were funding the campaign of the more far-right candidate, a Trump supporter, and actually plowing money into that person's campaign because in that race, they believed that individual 
would be an easier an easier candidate to defeat than the incumbent that this candidate was running against in the primaries. And I don't believe that's the only place that that is happening. I think it's happened in several other races as well. Wow. Yeah, that's a complicated system to explain, but uh, the progressives like it. So. <laughs> and then a judge blocked the U.S. Air Force from expelling unvaccinated regular and reserve service members. A federal judge. Uh, that come that comes from the American Military News, and it comes from Gateway Pundit. Uh, that uh, some of these uh, people on religious grounds didn't want the the vax, and uh, but the the services have to expel thousands of people if they uh, continue with their uh, admonition to expel those who are unvaxed. But all that has been stalled, and. Uh, and and this and this judge has blocked the uh, release oh. of people. So we'll see where that goes. That might end up in the Supreme Court. It might. I think it was fourteen thousand military service members are on that list. I wonder if that ruling affects the Minnesota National Guard, where there are I think seven hundred or eight hundred uh, well, Minnesota National does. Guard members are in the same quandary. It does. It seems like a, a wide order. Uh, for the Air Force. Okay. That, I, that would include reserves, too. But there's no end of hypocrisy, Andrew, uh, with with the Democrats. Um, look, at you got open borders, uh, and Director Mayorkas uh, insists that the borders are controlled and they're not open. The guy's a liar, uh, evidently, but uh, that's what he says. But anyway, so... Uh, the, the governors of Texas and Arizona have been sending the uh, illegal immigrants to Washington, D.C. and other blue states. And so the uh, White House press secretary was asked about that, and she said that's shameful that they're doing that. It's shameful. And Washington, D.C. Mayor um, Muriel Bowser uh, said on a news show, that her city is being overwhelmed by illegal immigrants and it's unfair and we can't pay the costs and the federal government has to provide more resources and this shouldn't be handled and this shouldn't be done this way. Uh, these immigrants are being tricked into nationwide bus trips. Well, they've been doing that by the dark of night and putting immigrants uh, everywhere in the country. Uh, but. Uh, they, they, but these two liberals think it's unfair if they're part of the world, uh, <laughs> these illegal immigrants. That is such rank hypocrisy. When the southern border and the red states down there, even Democrat governors are complaining, are being overwhelmed with costs and crime and uh, uh, administrative and logistical issues. But, uh, but these two liberal women think uh, that should be down there, not up here. And on a related note, there was a... Piece I read over the weekend that the um, the border control agency has no idea where about a third of these asylum seekers are. The idea is that they bring them into the country and then they're released with essentially a court date to come back to argue their case for asylum. And in the meantime, they're supposed to, the United States government is supposed to have at least an idea where they're at and where they're living. They're supposed to have an address. And the address is not just to find them in case they decide not to show up, 
for their hearing, but it's also needed in case they become separated from their children or other um, humane needs. But there's an acknowledgement that due to an inability or not having enough resources or uh, whatever reasons, the uh, they have no idea yeah. <laughs> about it. And wow. it, it may be a larger problem than that. That's what they've acknowledged. Mm. Well, that's amazing. And isn't it amazing that Department of Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas at a congressional uh, hearing insisted that the borders are controlled, that they're not open? How can a man in that position be oblivious to that or so untruthful or so unknowledgeable? Yeah, but I'll also point out with the uh, economy and the crime issue near the top, I don't know if that's going to rise up very high as far as an election issue is concerned. It might. Now, that's right. And these migrants, uh, however good most of them might be and how e- however evil some of them are, uh, they are job competition in these economic hard times. Like I say, though, um, it's an issue. I mean, how long has this been going on, Tom? We've been, has it been since the mid-80s? Since there's been any real serious discussion of uh, our immigration policies in the United States? I mean, there have been serious discussions, but there hasn't been any serious action. Yeah, in the 1980s, Senator Kennedy opened uh, the gates uh, with legislation and I think Ronald Reagan was president then. He didn't he do was. much about it either. Well, that was the compromise they worked out, but it still didn't resolve the issue of this flood. And this is the largest flood on record. Uh, the number of crossings is never been seen before in the United States. And it doesn't get a lot of publicity either. Mm-mm. Okay, what's next? Can you believe this, Andy? This from Breitbart. House Democrats blocked a Republican resolution condemning violence at churches and pregnancy centers. There have been violence, there have been Molotov cocktails, there have been threats to employees, and the Republicans uh, uh, had a resolution that would condemn the violence by radical pro-abortion activists. And uh, uh, this is after the Roe uh, Wade decision recently. Uh, and it's occurred in Wisconsin and, and other places states. too. Pardon? It's occurred in many states. We've oh. had the vandalism here in Minnesota as well. And, and, and Mike Johnson, Republican Louisiana, had a resolution to condemn the violence and threats and, and do law enforcement against it. And House Democrats blocked the resolution. What in the world are they thinking? Well, they're the party of the mob, and I guess they like uh, uh, the mob acting or threatening so their policies prevail. But uh, I can't imagine they're thinking. Well, maybe I just explained it. <laughs> um, there was the case, too, of... Uh shortly after the decision was handed down that overturned Roe v. Wade, there was a group in Washington, this, I think it's called Jane's Revenge. And there were notices going up in the city that inferred violence. I wouldn't say threatened it directly, but certainly inferred it. And 
whether or not, you know, apparently nothing did happen. But uh, the response when asked about that, this was actually Washington, D.C. Um, city leaders was basically they dismissed it. And we think that's just somebody putting that up there to, um, I guess, lone wolf groups. And we don't really have any evidence that this Jane's Revenge group actually really exists. It's more more of a loose thing that people just believe in a philosophy and, and they act on their own. And I just thought that was interesting because it mirrored mm-hmm. what the response was after, um, uh, which one was, uh, was it Schiff or was it, uh, oh, I can't remember. I think it was Schiff though when asked about Antifa. That there, there's not an organized thing. It's just a, a philosophy and people acting. That was the director of the uh, FBI. Oh, Ray. yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, that's amazing, too, <laughs> that story. <laughs> All right. What do you have next? Well, again, uh, I, I think young people are getting propaganda and wokeism to the left. They're not learning anything about civics or history or uh, geography. And a majority of uh, young Democrats uh, in a poll believe the Supreme Court is racist, sexist, and uh, it should be abolished. They don't know anything about the Constitution or checks and balances or the rule of the court. They just think it should be abolished because they didn't like this last decision. What are they learning in school about history and politics and the Constitution? A majority of people ages 19 to 39 want the court abolished. It's a sexist institution, they say. And uh, and uh, most voters have a, a favorable view of the court, uh, but, but, uh, but uh, fewer among young voters... Uh, uh, do so. What are they learning, if anything, in in college and uh, about political history? I don't know, Tommy. Was there a division on that? Was it all young voters, or was it young voters of a just one political persuasion? Well, it was taking the young voters out of that survey, and uh, other groups were more okay. sensible about it. Yeah. All right, we're going to take our break, and we'll return with our last few minutes of today's Rochester Today program. With Tom Ostrom, I'm Andy Brownell. Back in a moment on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. This is the Family Service Rochester with Andy Brownell and Tom Ostrom on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Welcome back, everyone. Our Well, we've got a few minutes left for Rochester today, this Tuesday morning with Tom Ostrom. Um, Tom, it's <laughs> there's this discussion that Nancy Pelosi may go to Taiwan. And it's interesting to hear the responses concerning that. Uh, we have the uh, the Chinese, I'm sorry, uh, apparently sending private messages to the Biden administration saying uh, the appearance of the House Speaker in Taiwan could provoke a military response. And you have the Biden administration actually trying to say, no, this might not be a good time to do that. And then on the other side of the coin, I've read pieces, uh, editorial pieces, saying this would be a great move and actually were complimentary of Pelosi. And this would be from groups who are not normally complimentary of Nancy Pelosi, that uh, to express support for the Taiwanese during this time of heightened tensions would be a, 
a good signal at this point to send to the uh, Chinese to demonstrate the importance of that relationship uh, during these times. And so I, it's, it's, I, and, and yet Nancy Pelosi herself has not said whether or not she's going. This has all been some grumblings that she may go. Well, that's interesting because that's a strong Republican position, the defense of Taiwan and open contacts and trade and boosting their military strength. And China's furious about it. So that's interesting that Pelosi was thinking about doing that. And okay. the White House wanted. Yeah. Yeah. We have about two minutes left. So what do you want to cover with our last couple well, minutes? At Easter time, the Swedish police had to deal with Muslim Easter riots. And it was violent and cars were burning. And uh, the officers who responded uh, have suffered mental health problems, physical injuries, and dental issues. Uh, and, uh, and many of them uh, are, are asking for medical leave. They feared for their lives. Uh, this, these things aren't throughout, uh, covered well in, uh, in Sweden, uh, in, in the West. But uh, they were the uh, Koran uh, riots uh, during Easter. Uh, because of some anti-Muslim activities by by some people in Sweden, uh, okay. the burning of the Koran. Koran. Um, and then the Dutch farmers are revolting. We've covered that before against the harsh climate laws in the in the woke uh, progressive uh, Dutch uh, political figure say, well, we're going to have to have fewer farmers because we have to protect our environment and their agricultural activities harm the environment and the farmers are furious about it. And some uh, Dutch analysts are saying this is really a threat to the economy. Uh, Holland is one of the great exporters of food and intensive agriculture and, and very successful agriculture. And, and some uh, Netherlands uh, uh, spokespeople say, uh, this is such a threat to democracy. If the government can take your land for their ideological position, it's going to cause a food shortage and the farmers aren't going to quit. They still are, are revolting. Well, and, and just on the surface from what you said, the idiocy of it, the, the statement, maybe we need less farmers. So what are you saying? We need less people because we need the food. People have to eat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's no problem. If the farmers want to protest, we'll just get rid of the farmers. Yeah, no, there's still a problem there. Mm-hmm. And I've also read that the idea that organic farming, which is the rage, um, will you know, the output from organic farming is nowhere near the level it needs to be compared to the type of farming that we do in the United States. Um, that it, it won't be enough to meet the needs of the world as far as feeding the people. And uh, probably won't be much of a solution, but that is continued touted as a solution um, to food production and environmental concerns. But with that, Tom, we do have to run. So we will chat again in a couple more days on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Tom. Oh, you bet. Thank you, Andy. All right, Tom Ostrom. I'm Andy Brownell. It's been Rochester Today on News Talk 1340, KROC AM, and 96.9 FM. Hear ye, hear ye. Thanks for coming.